Hey guys, how's it going? Sunny D here. Thanks for tuning in to the YFYI podcast. The episode that you're about to listen to is a live recording from Storytime, my daily show I do Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And this episode, we're getting into brand overviews. We're going to be taking a look at some of my favorite brands, some of the most iconic brands, and studying them one brand at a time. This brand we're starting with on this episode is the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company. So I'm going to give you just some insight, some overview on it. I'm excited to talk about this company. This is a, definitely an iconic brand. I've learned so much from reading the book on the company, going through, learning all of these principles. These are five leadership principles. The book is the new gold standard, and this will be the first episode on the new gold standard. So hope you guys enjoy. Thanks for tuning in. And now it's time for the podcast. All right, here we go. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Hope you guys are feeling good. You're looking good. And I hope that I'm sounding good. Top of the morning to you, wherever you're joining from, wherever you're tuning in from, whether you're on Facebook, good morning. If you're on Instagram, good morning. You're on Facebook page one, good morning. You're on Facebook page two, good morning. You're on the podcast, good morning. You're on, let's see, where else are we live right now? You're on Twitter. If you're listening in on Twitter, good morning. Wherever you're listening in, tuning in from, watching from, good morning. We're here. It's time for story time. Top of the week. Supposed to be top of the hour. Normally we start at 9 a.m. Had a few technical difficulties this morning that I was working through. Felt good. I felt like everything was ready to roll. I was like a few minutes behind, which I mean, I can I can deal with a few minutes behind. I don't like being uh, behind, but I can deal with a few minutes. And then it turned into a half hour behind because I'm looking at my browser and now Chrome decided that uh, they were going to do a little update and they weren't going to be compatible with the version of live producer. So for you guys that are watching on Facebook, it's your fault. If I was just going to you guys over here on Instagram and I wasn't going on to Facebook, I would have been fine. If I was just doing Twitter and the podcast, I would have been fine. Um, but of course, I think there's like a battle. I think there's a battle between Instagram, not really Instagram, but between Facebook and Google. So Facebook, you know, they weren't compatible with Chrome and they definitely weren't compatible with Apple. That's a that's a long time battle that's been going on. So I had to use Chrome to use Live Producer. So I had to do a little quick update. So here we are. Normally we're here at 9 a.m. Monday through Friday, Eastern Time. I'm coming to you live to do story time. This is a new show. This is actually episode number 26. If you've been here for all 26 episodes, good on you. If you've just found out about the show, I want to know how you guys found out about the show. If you're just joining, if this is your first time tuning in. I love to know how you found out about Storytime, um, how you ended up discovering it, whether you discovered it on Instagram first or you discovered it on Facebook or Twitter or the podcast, however you found it. I'm glad you're here. So episode 26 is we're getting into it. 
Uh, we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna start exploring some other brands. So the first 20, like four episodes, I was coming to you guys every morning and I was reading to you from one of my books that I, that I wrote, the YFY book series. So book one, your first year in the beauty industry, how to not just survive but thrive in the business of beauty. And then book two in the YFY book series is your first year in salon ownership. So it covers all of those things that I learned over the last 10 years going on 11 years it'll be 11 years in october of being a salon owner um so i went through these books we read each chapter and i gave you current real-time insights um, that pertain to what i would be doing and how i would be approaching things now in the corona economy that we're going through and how i would be you know looking at things now and so we finished both of those books so if you were here for all of those episodes awesome um, hopefully you got a lot of insights. I had a lot of fun doing those. I had a lot of fun kind of reliving some of those stories. You know, I was sharing with you guys that like I didn't even, I hadn't read through that, <clears throat> those chapters or read through that book since I wrote it. So coming back and um, going back through it was, it was kind of fun because it was like, it was a whole new experience and some of that stuff I forgot that I wrote and some of that stuff I forgot that I said and some of that stuff was kind of scary because some of it was like, you know, it was like all of a sudden I'm, I'm reading this and I'm like, that's happening right now with some of the stuff that was like forward looking. You know, I was doing a little um, Nostradamus D, I guess you could say, um, but it, and it really wasn't. It was just pattern recognition. You know, we've been here before. All of the stuff that's happening right now during this uh, global pandemic, the coronavirus um, onset, the COVID-19, the whatever you want to call it, the corona economy that we're entering, um, it's not very new. It's not like it's this is like a phenomenon because we've been here before. You know, if you were born before 1990, then you've at least experienced one or two of these already. And when I say these, what I'm talking about is the the uh, upside down turning of the world the feeling like somebody took a picked us up like we're a snow globe and just shook us and everything kind of turned around it's just dressed up differently you know in 2008 it was dressed up as a real estate bubble that burst and 2000 it was dressed up as a dot-com bubble that burst um, and then if you kind of go back and you start looking into like 1987, 1929, the, the Black Tuesday, the Great Crash, 1907, the Panic, um, they all have their different names. And this one will probably be called the either COVID-19 pandemic. They'll come up with, they'll brand it as something. Um, and that'll be what will be in the history books. But history is where it starts. <clears throat> Studying history because as the saying goes you know history is you know it repeats itself it's you know study history it will there's things and they come in cycles and <clears throat> these economic uh, downturns or economic crashes or whatever you want to call them it seems like they come in about every 10 years or so um, so that means right now it's 2020 so we should be expecting something, you know, probably around like 2030. I mean, it could be a little more, could be a little less. But if you study history and you study the past, 
it looks like there's about a 10 year or so average 10 year between uh, crises about 10 year a little 10 year spread um, so knowing that right knowing that these things are not one-offs that these things do repeat themselves there's a lot of things that you can do there's a lot of things that you can do to get prepared and uh, to anticipate if you want to call it anticipate but definitely to get prepared for the next one because there will be another one uh, it's, it's not a question of if it's just a question of when you know I was on a, a phone call with a friend of mine <clears throat> who's a salon owner and he had brought up you know when I was talking with him just about I was like not like predicting this but just predicting that I was like you know it, it's it's coming you know there's gonna be some carnage I mean we're kinda due for something to happen and he was recalling that conversation that we had and it was it was just a matter of because I'm a I'm a you know I'm a historian which is funny because yeah you know, I'm pretty sure I failed history in high school I'm pretty sure I almost failed every grade I was like a 1.7 GPA but I've become a historian in my new life as a business owner as a you know as a, as a, as a big boy an adult as an entrepreneur, I become a historian because I find that if you study history, you can kind of see the patterns. You can kind of predict almost, in a sense, these things that are going to happen because they're going to happen. They're going to happen again. They're going to happen again. They're going to happen again. And so he was recalling that, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I kind of remembered it, but you know, it's just things that are in my head and um, from studying history." You know, so as I was going through the first two books of the YFY book series, it was kind of like looking back and looking forward at the same time and I got to recreate some of those thoughts and ideas in real time which was a lot of fun for me and I got to kind of I guess you could say give a revised and updated version of the books as it pertains to the current environment that we're in this 2020 coronavirus pandemic period and so we went through those two books and we're starting to move on and I'm going to now start as I'm getting into these next episodes of Storytime, I'm going to start going over different brands that I've studied and going through their history, going through their practices, going through my takeaways. So we're going to start going through these other brands and I shared a post uh, last week on Instagram where I had a picture of all the different ones and then last episode I kind of gave a high level overview of some of the brands that we're going to be taking a look at from McDonald's to Apple to Starbucks to uh, Walmart what other ones do we have over there Apple yeah I already said that Coca-Cola you know and then looking at also the founders you know you got Steve Jobs you got Sam Walton uh, what other ones did we hit I think that was the ones that I've got, but I've got a lot of books, obviously. Um, you can see that. I've got a lot of books going on. And um, if you see my, my little library, and that's my prized possession, but in that library, I, you'll find um, a lot of those are on different companies, different founders, different people. Um, so I can study those and I can learn from them. And so I'm going to start going through those stories and going through those, um, those companies in this kind of brand overview. And some of the things I want, as I'm giving you guys my hot takes, but I'm hoping I'm wanting to encourage you guys to do, is start to take on a little bit more of that um, historian approach, a little bit more of that, you know, that approach of 
uh, learning from history, learning from other founders. Now, if you own a business, if you're already operating out there, then you definitely, if you haven't been doing this, you need to get on the ball and you're already behind. And if you are thinking about going into business, becoming a business owner, you need to get on this historian project. Um, it's gonna create, I mean, it's gonna give you windows not only into the past, but it's gonna give you windows into the future. And that's where we're going, right? So you study the past so you can prepare for the future. So you study the past so you can make sense of the future because what you're gonna find in the past is a lot of things, they're just dressed up a little differently. You may have to change a word here or there or change a location here or there, but you're gonna find everything has happened. It just, it's happening again, it's just happening in different forms. So the coronavirus, this pandemic, um, this financial crisis, this economy slowdown, this whatever you want to call it, it's just dressed up differently, but it's happened. There's forms of this that happened in the past. So that's a big reason why I want to encourage you to get on this historian track. Um, so that's what we're going to be going over in these next episodes. Um, hopefully you guys had a good weekend, had a good couple days off. You know, we do this Monday through Friday and then you have Saturday, Sunday, um, so here we are back Monday morning. Uh, what'd you do over the weekend? I know what I did. Um, so over the weekend, I just was kind of messing around and I had this idea in my head. And when I have an idea in my head, a lot of times I'll, like, I'll hang on to it and then I'll start kind of researching and then I'll start um, coming up with different scenarios. Um, so the idea that was in my head was I wanted to create a new airline. And Right now, it's probably like the worst idea, the worst business, the worst anything to even consider is getting into the airline business. So I was like, you know what? If right now is probably the worst time, then maybe it's time, right? Because uh, from my history and my past as a business owner, I started my first you know, company in the middle of a financial crisis. It was like the worst time to start a business. I started a business. And here we are 10 years later. Now it's the worst time, especially if you looked at the travel industry because no one, nobody's traveling. They're afraid to travel or they're, um, they're restricted. There's restrictions and, you, and you're not allowed to travel. So with all of that going on, I was like, you know what? I want to start an airline, a hypothetical airline, and how would I go about doing it? Um, so I have a, a blog on Medium. So I got on there and I started flushing out the ideas. I'm coming up with it. Um, you can check it out. If, you, if you're on Medium, you can find me. Um, just look for Sunny D on Medium. You can read the article. If you wanna take a look at my hypothetical new airline that I'm launching in 2021, uh, we're, gonna be, um, we're gonna be taking flight in 2021. The name of the airline is Sanitaire. So it's S-A-N-I-T-A-I-R, Sanitaire Lines. So that's my new airline if you want to be a partner you want to be a passenger you want to be a fan then you can be hold on one second sorry i got distracted because a school bus just pulled up across the street but there's no school are they dropping stuff off what's going on here interesting yeah, there's only, they're dropping something off, it looks like, for 
they're not like picking any kids up or dropping kids off, but somebody got off and gave something to a kid, one of my neighbors. Interesting. Um, but <clears throat> anyway, back to uh, back to Sanitaire lines. So Sanitaire, it's a fresh way to fly. It's a hypothetical airline. So I created an airline over the weekend. Um, but you can check it out if you want to read about it. You can go on uh, Medium. Look for Sunny D. I'll probably share the uh, article on my Facebook pages or on Instagram. But it's a hypothetical airline because right now is probably the worst time to start an airline. Right now is probably the worst time to be in the airline business. You know, and one of my mentors, which I talk about in this in this blog post that I just wrote, uh, Warren Buffett, and one of his sayings is, "Be fearful when others are greedy, and be greedy when others are fearful." And so right now, <clears throat> the airline <clears throat> business, <clears throat> with the thousands and thousands and thousands of flights that have been grounded and the planes that are just sitting there, it's taken a hit. I mean, it's like it's like you know ninety something, ninety two percent, I believe, was the drop in passenger um, demand because of the coronavirus. So, what's going to happen to the airline industry? Is it going to get a facelift? Is it going to shrink? Is it going to, you know, are all of these, there's because there, there's lots of different airlines out there and a lot of them are probably going to either halt travel, go bankrupt, or um, just succumb to the pressures that they can't handle what's going on. And that creates opportunity. And so right now, and everyone's running in you know, one direction, and I'm thinking it may be an opportunity for somebody out there that either has thought about an airline, wanted to start an airline, <clears throat> or just a fresh new approach to creating an airline. You know, so that's what Sanitaire Lines, um, Sanitaire, that's what Sanitaire is all about. So you can check it out. Look at the, the Medium post. If you want to get involved, let me know. If you want to you check it out um, at another, you know, at another level, go to the website. Oh yeah, they got a website, by the way, I forgot to tell you. You can go to sanitairelines.com, S-A-N-I-T-A-I-R-L-I-N-E-S, sanitairelines.com, and you can preview some of the great features and and some of the, um, <clears throat> some of the, uh, what are they called? not the highlights of the airline, but some of the, what is it called? Not highlights, not features. Um, I forget, it's slipping my mind right now. But you can go to sanitairlines.com and you can check out the airline, read a little bit about it, find out more. Hey, who knows, You're right? It's just an idea, it was a hypothetical, I was just you know screwing around creating this, this hypothetical airline, but I was really like thinking about it. Like if I were to create an airline, these are some of the things I would do. Um, these are some of the things I would I would um, implement. Um, maybe they're called amenities. Is that, that the word I was thinking for? Some of the different amenities that we have at Sanitaire Lines. Um, so yeah, check it out, sanitairelines.com. That's what I was doing over the weekend. Um, and that's what happens. That's what happens when you're a uh, when you just can't help it you know when your mind works like that it's always thinking about different kinds of businesses improving businesses solving problems taking on challenges that's just the way the mind works 
Um, so that's what I was doing over the weekend. And now we're back for story time. It's Monday morning. Let's get this week started right. You know, this week is going to be a big week because we have a lot of states, like I have businesses in Florida and also in Texas. And we have a lot of, um, in those areas, the businesses are opening up, especially our businesses. We're in the hair industry, you know, barbershops and salons are opening. Some started opening on Friday. Some are opening as of today. Um, our businesses are opening next week. Um, we actually had planned our date of reopening before they even announced being allowed to reopen because it's, I mean, you can clearly kind of see what's happening. You know, if you pay attention to um, the timelines and the opening and the protocols. So we kind of like set our date already. And uh, then they started announcing dates that we could reopen, which fell right into the window of, of where we were setting our dates um, because we needed time <clears throat> to prepare our team, prepare our salons um, and get ready. So it's like, you know, and some people are pulling the trigger. They're like, oh, they found out on Friday they could open Monday. And they're like, all right, we're open Monday then. Um, you know, it's not a rush though. It's not a race. It's about open and safe. It's about making sure you have, you know, you have what you need. You're prepared. You have your staff trained and people are feel confident about reopening. Um, so we're actually going to open at the beginning of next week. And we're going to have the first couple of days of the week. We're going to be, you know, doing some training and prepping and getting the salons ready. And then, you know, ha before we start having guests come in, you know, in some places they're like, they're going back to work today and they're taking customers today i mean you know and and everyone's got to do what they got to do but here's the thing if we haven't learned anything yet we've learned about with this whole pandemic and the coronavirus we've learned about slow walking we saw it from a lot of the governors slow walking to close things down which you know why not why didn't they close sooner maybe they could have stopped you know slowed the spread quicker and then you know, now we're moving into opening up and there's some that are, you know, slow walking, opening up. I don't really think, you know, slow walking, opening up is, I mean, because the virus is still out there. So it's not like you're going to increase, you know, the or slow the spread by opening sooner, right? That doesn't make any sense. So yeah, maybe slow walking, opening up was the right thing. Maybe not slow walking, closing um, was the right thing. Who knows? You know, only history will tell, right? We'll all wait and see. Um, but we're watching as a salon company, I'm watching as a business owner, as these businesses start to open up, I'll be talking to people that I know that, that are in these different businesses and different areas and, you know, learning information, you know, finding out, you know, what's going on. Everyone's talking about best practices, best practices. There's best practices and there's also those other practices. You know, I talked a little bit about that on Friday's episode where um, some of it's, you know, just not making sense, right? I mean, some of it might just be paranoia. And I talked about this a long time ago when we start opening up that there's going to be some uh, phobia going on, some germophobia, some coronaphobia going on because people are going to be real sensitive to <clears throat> germs and a cough and a sneeze you know i gotta clear my throat <clears> throat> i do that and somebody's gonna be a little weird right i i you know i got I, I do that somebody might be a little weird god forbid i sneeze right it's allergy season we got pollen going on <clears throat> if you sneeze in public god forbid somebody's gonna be a little 
No, you didn't, right? You get one sneeze. <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of paranoia, rightfully so, because we've seen tons of people dying and we've heard about it every day for the last two months. Um, so there's going to be some of that, you know, so I'm not in a rush to go play in traffic, right? We're going to be playing in traffic, guys. We're going to be going out there. We're going to, this is a new economy. This is a new experience. Um, there's going to be some overreach or over, you know, protect, you know, protective measures. You know, there's going to, and there's, and also there's, there's a common sense element. Like if somebody's out, you know, jogging um, by themselves, by nobody, why do they need to wear a mask? I mean, you know, and then people are going to be yelling at them. And uh, why don't you have a mask on? It's like, you know, there, there's going to be, you got to kind of, there's a balance. There's some common sense things. If you're in a car by yourself, your windows are up, you're driving around. Do you have to have a mask and gloves on? I don't think so. You know, there's going to be some of that. Could you? Yeah, you could. I've seen people doing it. But do you need to? Um, <clears throat> there's a lot. There's a lot of you know things that are in question, and so we're kind of watching, and uh, we'll be opening shortly, and we'll be you know we'll be out there, we'll be playing in traffic with everybody else, and we'll all find out um, exactly how this is going to go. Um, so it's new for all of us. There's no playbook. We're all kind of writing it as we go. So we're going to all see how it how it turns out. All right, so. Switching gears, so that's a little kind of open, a little catch up. Um, let's get into our story time for today. So the the brand that I'm going to be studying, um, the the book that I chose to go over, uh, and I'm going to start with here as we do our brand overview, is the Ritz Carlton Hotel Company. So the book that I read is called The New Gold Standard. I've read this book actually several times because it is so good, um, but. You know, going over, if you're in a service business, you know, if you're really any business, you could use uh, a lot of this, but especially like in the service business, you know, right now, and I chose this one for a lot of reasons. I mean, it's my industry, right? I'm in the service industry. I'm in, you know, salons, but also, you know, hotels that are out there, uh, they're not booked up right now. They're, they're getting hammered because people aren't traveling because uh, there's nothing going on. Right, people aren't staying in hotels. If you're not traveling, why would you be? Everybody's staying home. Um, so they're definitely one of those industries that's on the on the bubble. There's definitely probably opportunity there as well, um, as well as with the airlines. Uh, but maybe I'll design, you know, a hotel company this weekend. Who knows? But for now, as we get into the Ritz Carlton. I want you to be thinking about if you're in the service industry, um, what things could you be doing? What things might you be doing and what things might you change if you're in the service industry? What things might you do a little bit uh, different than the way you did it before if you're in the service industry? So that's why I wanted to review this brand. I mean, they're known um, all over the world as a leader, best in class. Um, and when it comes to hotels, the Ritz-Carlton is a is a definitely a leader. So that's the brand we're going to be going over. <clears throat> this is broken down into different principles, the way the book's broken down. There's uh, five principles that it's going to cover. So it's five leadership principles for creating a legendary customer experience, um, courtesy of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company. And the author of this book, which I shared last week, Joseph Michelli, 
He's offered a bunch of different books. He's got books on different companies that he's reviewed. I think like um, ones that I've had, I have like the Ritz Carlton. There's also a Starbucks. I think he did one on Zappos. I want to say Zappos and uh, Mercedes. So he's all about looking at like principles, um, leadership, and that's what he's going to do with this book on the Ritz Carlton. And so the first, the, we're going to start in the beginning here. We're going to go over. Uh, this is the forward from the book. And this actually comes from the president at this time when this book was written. Let's see, when was this book written? Uh, this was written. Bam. So copyright 2008 by Joseph A. Michelli. And this version, I'm not sure when this version was. I mean, this could go back though a long way. Um, but again, you know, studying history so you can predict what's going to be going on and what's going to be happening in the future. So here we go. And this is the forward from the gold standard on Ritz-Carlton. The answer is yes. And it starts with a quote. So the answer is yes. Now, what is the question? Overheard in the corridors of a Ritz-Carlton hotel. Now, if you think about that, and just that quote, and just that one line, that gives you the mentality of the company. That gives you the mentality and their approach to customer service in just that one line when you're like, the answer is yes, now what is the question? So somebody comes up to you in your business and they say, hey, I gotta ask you something. And then you say, the answer is yes, now what is the question? I mean, isn't that awesome? Like you're basically saying, no matter what you throw at me, I can get it done. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to take care of it. Now, what is the question? That's, that's a mindset shift right there. So that was overheard in the corridors of a Ritz-Carlton hotel. <clears throat> when I took the job of president of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company, my first priority was to visit with and personally talk to many of the ladies and gentlemen who work at our hotels and resorts around the world. While seeking to encourage hotel managers to be highly effective leaders, the people I most wanted to reach out to and thank were those who wash the laundry, deliver the room service, maintain the boilers, and clean the guest rooms. Without them, we would not be the award-winning hotel company that we are, a company that is consistently recognized for service excellence and unmatched quality. And that, is how, and that is now the subject of Dr. Joseph A. Michelli's book, The New Gold Standard. While our guests may never see many of these people who work behind the scenes in what we call the heart of the house, connecting with them is truly the best part of my job. Talking and listening to our ladies and gentlemen only increases my appreciation for the passion they possess to serve our guests and one another. To me, they and their families are the true unsung heroes of the hospitality industry. This is not a job for people who expect a 9 to 5 schedule. When a person chooses to work in a hotel, weekends and holidays off are rare. And while others may stay home during inclement weather, our ladies and gentlemen manage to come to work so, they, so that they can continue to serve our guests. 
When Hurricane Katrina devastated New Orleans, trapping over 1,000 guests in our Canal Street Hotel for five days, the conditions were difficult and challenging. Most of our ladies and gentlemen choose to stay or chose to stay at the hotel throughout the storm because they understood how much our guests would need them until they could be evacuated to safety. The same was true of Hurricane Wilma, which scored a direct hit on Cancun, Mexico. Our staff stayed with the guests until we could arrange for them to leave the storm-ravaged area. And in Jamaica, every time a tropical storm disrupts people's lives in Montego Bay, the ladies and gentlemen at our Rose Hall Resort not only stay on site, but they bring children from a local orphanage to the hotel to shelter them from the storm. I have scores of letters from grateful guests marveling at the genuine care and comfort they received from hotel staff even as power went out and conditions were frightening during these times of crisis. I have learned to say a sincere thank you in many languages as I visit hotels from Dubai to Dallas and from Shanghai to Santiago. In return, I have been touched by stories about how working at Ritz-Carlton has changed and improved the opportunities for our staff members' families to enjoy a better life and a brighter future. What greater satisfaction can I get than knowing we have provided a chance for them to both support their families and take pride in the work they do each and every day? It was one of my early visits that I overheard the comment, the answer is yes, now what is the question? I had often been told that offering lateral service was a basic principle at our hotels, but that exchange said it all to me about what makes our ladies and gentlemen so exemplary. There is never any such thing as saying, that's not my job. If it means helping out one another or doing something that provides service to the guests, the word no is simply not in the vocabulary of those who choose to work at Ritz-Carlton. The spirit of wanting to serve not only our guests, but to lend an extra hand to fellow staffers is how the Ritz-Carlton culture of caring permeates all of our lives. It explains why so many of our employees have stayed with the company for years and why so many of them who began their careers in the 1980s are now key executives at our hotels around the globe. And it explains why their children are now joining our global family. They view providing outstanding service as a career to be proud of, and they strive for the continuous improvement we encourage in all of our ladies and gentlemen. As I look back on the heritage and traditions of Cesar Ritz of more than a century ago, I realize there have been many defining moments that have shaped our brand from a few renowned hotels to a collection of lodging and lifestyle products recognized as the world's best. The Swiss Shepherd's son was famous for many thoughts on what makes for a great guest experience, but he did not just talk. He personally intervened to make sure the needs of the guests were surpassed each and every day. Fast forward many years after Cesar Ritz and the Ritz-Carlton brand took on a new life and reputation for excellence inspired by the company's first president, Horst Schulz and the original group of visionary hoteliers who planned for the next generation of this vulnerable brand, venerable brand. I want to extend my personal gratitude to Horst 
for the rich legacy I inherited as the result of his innate understanding of the true meaning of luxury. Perhaps the most significant moment came in the late 1990s when Marriott International purchased the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company and it became their premier luxury brand. While some skeptics believe this purchase would diminish Ritz-Carlton's cachet and reputation, the exact opposite happened. Chairman Bill Marriott has continually kept his original commitment to offer the resources necessary for the Ritz-Carlton to expand internationally while at the same time allowing the brand the independence to grow its legacy to the point where it is today, the world's most recognized and acclaimed luxury name. I am extremely grateful to Bill Marriott and his leadership team for allowing Ritz-Carlton to experience dramatic growth, achieve outstanding financial results, and still retain its unique identity. As you read the new gold standard, I hope you will gain a clear understanding of what a privilege it is for our ladies and gentlemen at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company to provide service as memorable as the beauty of our surroundings. They truly understand the amenity that matters most to our guests is not a fancy chocolate on the pillow, but a dedication to service that never wavers. Each of them appreciates that if the service he or she offers does not surpass the expectations of our guests, then all the splendor of the hotel becomes far less meaningful. As for me, I want to thank Marcel, my unsung hero and wife of 35 years, for taking this incredible journey with me. When people ask me about my job, I like to tell them I have absolutely the best job in the world and am living the dream of my vocation being my vacation. And that was from Simon F. Cooper, president of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company. Um, so that is going to give you guys just some insight into uh, the company, a little bit about the company from a high level, from the president, and how they're thinking about the company, and how they're viewing it, you know, and they call their, their staff, like their ladies and gentlemen. So if you work at a Ritz-Carlton hotel, I think that's pretty cool. Um, the Ritz-Carlton hotel, that's going to be our study that we're going through um, this week. And we're going to get into a little bit of the story, the history of the company, the Ritz-Carlton experience. We're going to talk about that, the making of a legend. Um, there's a lot of things that are going to go on. Um, when you when you think about the Ritz-Carlton experience, if you've never um, stayed there or stayed at any of their affiliate hotels, you know they're all about that. They're all about that luxury, that experience, um, that next level of service. Um, I would here's what I would challenge you to do: call. I mean, right now it might be a little tricky because who knows what you know is going on with the hotels. But give them a call. Even just calling them and having an experience with someone on the phone at their companies is an experience. It's a great experience. I mean, the level of customer service. There was a lady that I called. We were doing a little kind of secret shopper um, experiment and training within our salons, and we were calling different companies. We called some salons. We called some high-end, you know, supposed to be super high-end luxury brands and salons. Uh, we called hotels. We called the Ritz-Carlton. And the lady that we spoke to, her name was Susan. I remember it. And this was like six, seven years ago. She was amazing. I mean, she crushed it. And she wasn't even, like, she was helping us, 
with a location plan, um, not even where she was at. Like she was in a whole nother state, but then she was giving us all this insight into the hotels and what we could think about and what we could do. And a whole nother place we were planning this pretend like kind of vacation or this uh, pretend event. Uh, she just crushed it. You know, she crushed it. So even the customer service from the phone side blew me away. And so that's going to be our brand study we're going to be going through. Um, the Ritz-Carlton experience started by Cesar Ritz. Um, and they've been like over a century ago. So we're talking, you know, Cesar Ritz was born in 1850 in the Swiss village of Niederwald. Um, and so then when you look at the Ritz Paris Hotel, which opened in 1898, you know, starting there and then looking at uh, the life of Cesar Ritz, we'll get into uh, the, the great Cesar Ritz that began this whole journey. Um, so we're going to be going through that um, and we'll be going through the entire experience and then covering these different keys or these different what as they're called principles. So principle one is define and refine. That's going to be about setting the foundation, communicating your core identity and culture. Um, the, the next part of that is being relevant. Principle number two, which is empower trust. So select, don't hire. It matters. It's, it's a matter of trust. Principle number three, it's not about you. It's gonna cover build a business focused on others and then support frontline empathy. Principle number four, deliver wow. Wow, the ultimate guest experience and then turn wow into action. And then principle number five is leaving or leave a lasting footprint. And that's gonna cover aspire, achieve and teach, sustainability and stewardship, and then a lasting impression. So it's broken down into five different principles. So we're gonna tackle one principle um, every day as we get, um, as we come together, we'll be going over these five principles. And you think about these are leadership uh, principles for creating a legendary customer experience. So if you're in the service industry, you're in, I mean, whether you're in restaurants, you're in salons, you're in spas, you're in hotels, um, if you're servicing guests and you wanna really take it to another level, this is going to be, um, these are going to be some of the principles. I've used these over time as I've been building my companies. Um, these are going to be key. And so that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to go into. So that little intro from the president, um, that's going to conclude our, our uh, story time today. So tomorrow we'll be getting into the experience as we, as we talk about uh, the Ritz-Carlton experience and we take a look at um, from the foundation of how the company was built. Um, and each and every you know, episode as we go through, you know, you can take and I'll be taking, I'll be jumping in here, even though these books that I'm going to be going through over these next episodes are not books that I wrote. Um, I'm still going to be jumping in and I'm going to be sharing some of my side notes that I got when I was going through these books originally. I'm going to be sharing some of my side notes that I got and things that I've taken, like I've taken this principle or I've taken this practice and this is how I've applied it at the Salon 1.0 or this is how I've applied it in my own leadership, or this is how I've applied it in you know whatever company or whatever uh, situation. So I'll definitely be jumping back in, but I'm excited to continue this process on the next episode. So thank you guys for tuning in today. Thanks for waking up this morning, uh, joining me for story time. We'll be back here tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern time, 
Uh, get your notebooks ready, get your pens ready, get your coffee ready, get your brain ready um, so you can come back and you can join and uh, we'll be going through uh, the next, the beginning chapter of the story and going into that first principle as well. And I'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in live story time, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. If you want to take me on the go, you can always catch these episodes. They go on to the YFYI podcast. So you can go to yfyipodcast.com. You can listen to these episodes. If you're out running, you're working out, you're walking, you're doing whatever you're doing, um, you'll be able to check them out there. And then they'll also live on my story for, I guess, what, 24 hours if you're on Instagram. If you're on one of the Facebook pages or Facebook, it'll live on Facebook, I guess, forever until I delete it. So I'll have the, uh, the replay of videos will be up there. And then, of course, uh, Twitter. We got live on Twitter. So you have an audio version on Twitter as well. So lots of ways you can recapture the information or revisit uh, the episodes, however you guys want to do it. YFYpodcast.com. And then for any information on the YFY book series, you can always check out yourfirstyearin.com. So thanks for hanging out, guys. And I'll see you guys tomorrow morning. Have a great day. Hey guys, Sunny D here again. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I'm really excited to get into the principles from the new gold standard. I'm really excited to take another uh, read through this book as I highlight some of those principles. And just think about with, if you start adapting, just taking some of these concepts and then turning them into whatever the language looks like, that would fit your business, whatever the language looks like that makes sense for your company, you can learn a lot. Again, it's about studying history. It's about studying the past, studying the past. So we're not necessarily reliving the past, but we're just prepared for the future. Because when these things come around again, or these these uh, these companies are formed, new companies post-corona, your new company post-corona, there's a lot we can learn from our predecessors, from successful companies that came before and are still going. You know, after 100 years in business, you learn a lot. I promise you, there's going to be tons of things we can learn. So I'm excited to dig into the new gold standard. Hope you tune in for the next episode of the YFY podcast. And if you get a chance, you want to join live 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. You can join me live on Facebook, on Instagram as I read these chapters and share some of these concepts on the companies, on the brand. So thanks again for tuning in to the YFY podcast. Remember, this is the podcast where you come to learn how to build your business right once or else you will be doomed to have to build it again. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon.